Hello, everybody. And by everybody, I mean nobody, because after last week's episode, you all stopped listening. What? It's been two whole weeks since we've done a show. I don't know. You you must have amnesia. Yes, actually, that is true. I do, because I went and then bashed myself over the head repeatedly with various hard objects to cleanse my brain of... You took it way harder than me. I was like, oh, God. And then that's just because the topic was bad. I just don't think I was good, and the topic wasn't good. It was was hard because I was thinking about this while I was uh, uh, preparing for the show, Mm -hmm. Uh, this show, Uh, right before this show, like the one thing I do and then have to leave in the middle of it, you know, while you're – because that's what that show reminded me of, the toilet. And – Ah. Yeah, yeah. And I was like – what it was is the top we could we joke about that stuff quite a bit i mean you referenced the particular uh regular character on the show brings up topics similar to that and we we laugh about it mm-hmm. and there might be another podcast i'm sure there is of people that can go and tackle that subject tastefully perhaps or in a grosser manner perhaps okay we tried to straddle the line we didn't want to go too far and I feel like it limited us. And there's also like the joking about it. And then now we're actually being serious about it. Mm. And we don't like. Were well, we being, being serious even... about it? Well, I mean, yeah, in, in a sense, not like we're being serious, but like, like the lunch lady. I, I, I fucking want to break kayfabe here. She, she's not real. <laughs> Don't but, fucking give up the biz business. <laughs> Don't giz up, giz up um, the business. Come on. But yeah, that, that's one of those weird. Like we get very personal on the show, but there's. A, I feel like we don't usually go that far into that part. I don't even know how far we went. I just thought it was a boring topic, and I was, was tired, and it was not funny. Um, sorry. Yeah, we apologize for that. That's why we didn't we do a show kinda... last night. Because we had a double header of basketball, and yeah. didn't want to, uh, I didn't tank want to, one. I, yeah, I didn't want to tank another one. So we pushed it to the night. Yeah, this is the sleepy season. This is where it gets a little chaotic. Yeah, it's, it just pushes me, inches me closer to saying, let's go on our 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 uh, retirement run, like our, you know, like on a tour, we do our last year. Say, this is it. We're we're done after this. What? No, I'm not saying we're gonna, but it's oh, pushing okay. me closer to doing that. Saying, I think it's time we need to step back because we are no longer. We never were funny, but we're not. I mean, no. I never was, but. Um, I think it's smarter for us in this case to, in that situation, be like, hey, let's just lay low this week and we'll come back like this week full of piss and vinegar and energy. What? <laughs> What? That's what old people say. Piss and vinegar. No, but I mean, means. we lay low? Yeah, like take a week off 
if we feel like, yeah, this is going to suck. Oh, well, yeah. Rather than force it out there and make garbage. We should have taken I, a I'm, week off last week. What, what I'm suggesting is, I know this isn't our forte. What I'm saying, maybe try it. Quality over quantity? <sighs> maybe. We've maybe. never really had quality. No. We've always been about quantity. That's what the show's about. Yeah, yeah. Just you, you, It's kind of like my, how my humor works. Like, my, me personally, is I throw everything at the wall, 5% sticks. I just keep throwing it out there. Most people, like, because I'm mumbling or stammering anyway, so they don't even hear when I'm bombing. And it just kind of, you know, they just move on, like, don't pay attention to me. And then I get, you know, a good one here or there. <clears throat> Well, I don't know if you're ever going to get a good one from us, but we're going to try tonight. We're going to try. This is going to be a good one. We landed on the moon again. Again? You mean for the first time? Uh, oh, yeah. Um, but for real, again, um, the Odysseus uh, unmanned spacecraft uh, landed on the moon. I don't know why or for what reason. Do you it's, know? It's... Yeah, uh, eventually it's step by step till we get a manned presence there again. Oh, uh, okay. And then that will be our operating. We can build off of that for uh, you know mining asteroids. That will eventually you know. Oh, to build uh, towards us. To build um, smartphones, we gotta get those precious yeah, metals. Much. We're, yeah, yeah, we're gonna. We're we're gonna send all the all the uh, poor children into outer space, hmm. uh, so they can get our lithium up there now too. Yeah. Our precious metals, uh, yes, cobalt, amongst other things. <laughs> um, yeah, the moon, uh, the Odysseus has landed. <clears throat> I, I, that's pretty cool. I wanted to watch it, but. It landed at 6.23 p.m. Uncrewed lunar landed at 6.23, bringing NASA science to the moon's surface. These instruments will prepare us for future human exploration of the moon under Artemis. The space agency, post, uh, the space agency posted on X, the website formerly known as Twitter. I still love that. <laughs> it's kinda, is, it, is it a slap in the face, or is it just because people really just... Oh, pardon me. People just can't get over the fact that it's not called Twitter anymore. What, that Elon and, Musk and all his brilliance took a billion-dollar brand and just threw the name out? Yeah. <laughs> called it's it like X? They still want to call it Twitter, but it's not that. So Fuck it. I'm calling it Twitter. I'm going to say, I, here, I'm going to reread that. The I, space agency you know, posted on Twitter. See? Look how easy that was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I even... Uh, you go to Twitter.com. It still takes you to Twitter. That's That's fantastic. NASA uh, our, one of our, our Tuesday morning show that I got put together and the, the bands get their lo their names and like at mentions and stuff with the logo like uh, Instagram and you know Facebook or whatever and I have the little logo there and I went to go and do a Twitter one this is the first time that someone like gave me because no one really even uses Twitter anymore mm -hmm. but I'm like oh wait I need to get an X logo and I'm like you know what they don't need it I'm not putting it on there just there felt weird. There you go. Fuck them. X. X. 
apparently anyone who had an AT&T phone had an outage today. Oh, my God. Yeah, so you guys have AT&T, right? No, I got Verizon. I didn't even know about it until my mom got a hold of me, literally thinking the world was ending. Oh, uh, yeah. So I mean, it's I, over. I didn't know anything because I have Verizon, too. So, yeah. Like, no, you have AT&T. Like, I don't know what you're even complaining. Like, you're, like, complaining that the world is ending. And like, oh, my God. Like, this is what people with, like, T-Mobile feel like every day. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> Thanks. See? Stuck. Um, people are calling 911 uh, to see if their calls would go through from their cell phone. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Stop. Well, at least then they're calling 911. Public service announcement. This was a... Uh, uh, where was this at? Mrs. Squeezer was telling me. Catasauqua. Uh, was it Caddy? Yeah. Where he said, please stop. If if your house is on fire, call 911, not the fire department. Because people are calling the fire station and no one's picking up because we're all volunteer fire companies around here. Who, who like even no knows there. the number of the fire station? I, I don't know. Like, do they just go, oh, my house is on fire. I could dial 911. Oh, you know what? I'm just going to Google yeah, that came across my phone today. I didn't read it. It was like, Catasauqua Borough, please call 911. Yeah, so people are calling the fire department, the actual building. <clears throat> and then, and it's not like they don't have an operator. Like, 911 works in the way that they can, dis, they have dispatchers. There's no dispatcher. It's, if there's someone is there, it's probably some guy cooking or working out without a shirt on for a calendar. Yeah, gotta. Or, or waxing his mustache. Well, you know, people are stupid, so. Yeah. We, uh, we'd want to talk a little, uh, comicbook.com news. Hillary Swank addresses final season cameo returns. Uh, she cast a doubt on an appearance of the final season of Cobra Kai. Come on, Hillary. She said, I don't think I am, unfortunately. I know, it's like the number one question I get right now. What else she doing? Yeah, I don't know what else she's doing. That's why. Maybe she doesn't want to, like... Uh, go down that road of... Uh... She's an Oscar winner. Squeezer. Oh. There's plenty of <coughs> Oscar winners out there that, uh, you know, belittle themselves with other projects. Like, uh... I don't know. Um, sure, there's someone. Did you watch the new? Did you watch the, any seasons of True Detective? Uh, wait, which one's True Detective? The HBO show. I think it started with uh, Willie, uh, Woody Harrelson, and Matthew McConaughey. Uh, no, no, I always, I never. Neither have I, but it. I guess the final episode of the new season, Night Country, um, aired and massive backlash. Apparently, oh. I didn't. Yeah. I don't know why, but uh, I started watching Succession finally, you know, the show that actually ended so I could finish it. That's. I don't have to worry, like, when they're going to do a new season, when there's going to be new episodes. Yep. It's all. I know it's over. It's over. You know, you you would have heard that if it uh, um, ended like a complete dud and isn't worth finishing. Yeah, I think I didn't. I don't know. 
Um, it's I'm into it. It's okay. I like it. Yeah. We're through one season. Got three more to go. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it ends up. But uh, apparently, True Detective. I heard good things about this season, but uh, some people are saying it was like True Detective, the thing. Oh, because it takes place in Alaska, and they shot it. In... I like Woody Harrelson. Uh, well, Woody Harrelson's always... not in this one. It's each oh. each season of True Detective is its own story, oh, its own miniseries. So okay. <clears throat> this one has uh, Clary Starling and some new actress. I know what I'm belittling her by calling her Clary Starling, but I honestly cannot remember her name. Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster, yes. <laughs> uh, where was that thing? <clears throat> what are you looking for? I don't know. Uh, I was looking for a picture. Did you see, um, well, a couple, like, just little quick things. We got we got a date for boy season four today. Oh, we did? I did not see that. Uh, June, I believe. Woo woo. June something or other, not far away. And it was funny, you know, the other day I was talking about if you heard <laughs> anything on a second season of Peacemaker, and it, it shit got pushed back. But did you see um, they're releasing, There's he's part of the combat pack for the new Mortal Kombat game that you can actually play as Peacemaker? No, I did not see that. And John Cena is all involved with it and everything. It's fucking hysterical. Well, he mo capped it all himself. Uh, I don't know if they if they do still do the mocap in that kind of way, but like as far as mm. like the, doing the body, the facial scan and all that, and then the uh, you know voice acting and all that stuff, and <coughs> you got eagerly and stuff uh, as like a character slash weapon that you can call mm. in. He's part of the fatality. It, it's fucking great. That's he does, he does a little dance like in the intro. Like I might, I don't own the game itself. It might be. Is, is it Mortal Kombat One? Yeah, Mortal Kombat One, the new one that uh, the relaunch from. Yeah. La early, late last year. All right, I could. Uh, uh, I, that's on Switch. I can get that for Switch. Oh, nice. Uh, that's crossplay. Oh, I was gonna say it's it get it's getting crossplay next week, but not on Switch. Mm, not like I would ever. I'll actually play it or oh, take you can it play out of the cellophane. Me. Yeah, you're assuming I take it out of the cellophane. Uh, I wonder if it's on Game Pass. I gotta look. But, you know, then I can... Uh, I, I would pay just to play as fucking Peacemaker. <clears throat> they went too overboard with the fatality. That's my problem with it. Like, I like them nice and clean and simple. Every time they have to make it super gory. Or, and you can make it super gory. Go for it. But then, like, in the end, they always have to take that one extra step. I'm like, no, keep it simple. Like, I, to me, Kung Lao's hat in the ground, spinning saw blade, and then pulling someone crotch first through it is the fucking best. Doesn't get much better than that. That's how I want to go. Yeah. Um, James Gunn, speaking of, is releasing a lot of pictures and slight information of uh, uh, Superman. Uh, we saw... Nicholas Halt, who I love, is a great actor, um, hysterical in the great. He's with Lex Luthor and his head shaved uh, in the picture, and uh, the whole crew is there together with them, um, ready ready to film. And apparently, people are really excited about a uh, filming locations. It's having a it's speculation 
the uh, legacy filming location superman legacy filming locations have the internet buzzing they are key locations in both cleveland and cincinnati <clears throat> oh so it takes place like post apocalypse <laughs> Uh, oh, Ohio's not that. Uh, what Ohio? Those are actually beautiful cities. Cleveland is uh, as beautiful. far as Ohio. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking Ohio, you know, we're grading everything on a curve. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know particularly, but uh, actually, I think I've only ever been to Columbus, so I can't complain. I can't judge. Uh, what for work? Yeah, doing work stuff. Ohio State. No, it's the strongman shit. Ah, uh, that was fun. We were, I was to Columbus multiple times in multiple weeks in uh, 2019, if you recall. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because there's that uh, steak place someone liked or something, right? <laughs> now nah, trucks, truck, oh, truck true. buying. But yeah, but you, you all had to go out there, so you, it was an excuse to go out for dinner, right? I mean, in the past, yes. Hmm. Oh, this is 19. I thought we were talking. Yeah, 19. Yeah. 18. Yeah, I didn't go out with him ever. This is when I had to go oh. out. We had to go out, and then, like, you couldn't lift the cab up because of the air conditioner. So, mm-hmm. and to take By it back design. out there. Oh, I feel like this is starting to get. Oh, no, my glasses scratched. No, your glasses. My, gla- my glass is. My glass is scratched. Little... Your glass my glass is. I got a crashed. new pint glass with my uh, my little uh, monogram. Monogram? Is that what it's called? Your name? Derek with a D on it. Oh, yeah. Derek with a D. Yeah, my in-laws got it for me for getting a little scratch in the bottle. Oh. We are one month away from Ghostbusters Frozen Empire, officially in theaters March 22nd. Becky's Drive-In Theater announced today that they are starting their season, because unlike Shankweiler's, my favorite driving theater. I do like Becky's, but Shanks is my my driving mm-hmm. theater. Um, <clears throat> Becky's uh, does not stay open over the winter. They're so they're starting their season actually a little early this year huh. with Ghostbusters. Nice. And um, be a fun spring. Yeah, how many times could I see it in the theater? Is what I'm theater. Um. So we did a project. I'm working on a commercial for, <clears throat> I guess I could play this for everybody because it's a pretty cool thing. <clears throat> There's a lot of talk of AI squeezer. Mm-hmm. It stands for artificial intelligence. I, we we work with that all day. <laughs> no, we, lo- we work with lack of intelligence. No. Uh, but hey, we used AI. Uh, Ian, help, your buddy Ian helped me with this. Whoa. Um, we fed AI a whole... Sport bunch of old drive-in movie ads and intermission spots from uh back in the day like the 50s and uh, 60s and then um we had it like mimic the voice of those drive-in theaters and then i read a i wrote a script and then i read the voiceover into a mic and we put my voiceover into the ai and it spit it out and you want to hear it? Oh yes, yeah, I've heard it before. I mean, but, I heard it, yeah. but I, I, I'm the Bob Vila here. I'm acting on behalf of the audience, and I'll shut up now so you can play it. Hey everybody! When you're not enjoying a movie at your favorite drive-in theater, 
Remember, there is always great programming on the Service Electric Network. All of your favorite high school sports and Lehigh Valley Phantoms hockey, too. Don't forget our great Music Fest programming and, oh yes, Iron Pigs baseball as well. The Service Electric Network, providing you with the best in-home entertainment. Creepy, right? Yeah, that's, that's. I mean, that's fucking spot on. Yeah, that's my voice. We should do this entire show like that. Right. I mean, it might be more pleasant, but. Oh. No. So yeah, that's AI. But yeah, so Ghostbusters: Frozen Empire. I'm assuming Shanks is going to have it too. Yeah. I but think uh, so. I will. Uh, very excited to see uh, what they have in store for us with uh, Frozen Empire. Are you going to wake up at 5 a.m. On a Saturday morning to watch Elimination Chamber live from Perth. No, it's almost like a, like a TV series. I don't have to. Uh, I, I can wait until the whole series is over, and then I can watch it. Yeah, I can. I can wait to that. Uh, let me think. What What are we doing? Are we working? Oh, it's this. You have off for your fuck, daughter's birthday. Yeah, I, I got a birthday party that I gotta. Fuck yeah! I don't know how I'm gonna sneak away from that one. I mean, since I'm in working, since I'm not at work and I don't have to deal with see anyone, I possibly could go radio silent. But eh. I'm not gonna. I don't give a fucking fuck. I'll watch yeah, the I'll clips see. on YouTube. This isn't like Royal Rumble or Survivor Series here. Yeah, yeah. Give a flying fuck about the Elimination and, Chamber. And also, it's still a whole other month off until Mania. So like, nothing. They can change anything however they want. It's written. Kayfabe. Sorry. Um... Yeah, so nothing's set in stone, but yeah, I'll, I'll watch it uh, that night, I guess, when it would normally be on and I would get to catch it. <coughs> I'll uh, see the highlights on YouTube. <laughs> I, I thought you meant wake up at 5 in the morning to drive down the King of Prussia to see Ghostbusters. No, 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 no. That's That makes sense. Staying, waking up at 5 a.m. to watch <laughs> the Elimination Chamber on Peacock live. I am waking up extra early to drive down to King of Prussia next Friday. I'm one week away. I can't wait. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dennis Villanueva. Did you see the reviews at least? No. Nope. I know it's not your th cup of tea, but it's like fucking, they were like blown away by it. Everyone said it's fucking amazing. There's one dickhead on Rotten Tomatoes that gave it a negative review because, you know, clickbait. So mm. it tanks it. But. Uh, I feel like that you should get the Jane Silent Bob treatment when you do something like that. I'm more excited to see Madam Web <laughs> with a 13% rating. On... <laughs> I yeah, that does seem like a God. How did they uh, when when yeah when you're comparing it to Morbius? I saw something on Instagram. Someone broke into my car where I had two Madam Web tickets and left four more. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how how did I didn't I haven't seen it I haven't really read up much about it other than how bad it is, like how can it be that bad? Ma Madam Web is a very tertiary character in the Spider-Man universe, who's an old yes. woman who's got those white that white eye syndrome, who can see the future and sometimes predicts things that Spider-Man uh, could or could not happen. How it gets a standalone movie featuring three Spider Women, I'm kind of interested just to see it, but I don't know if I want to sit through it. Mm -hmm. I think I just got to read the synopsis on Wikipedia. Yeah, and then wait till you're at home so you can just, you know, put it on and then just 
turn it off when you're I couldn't even get through Morbius. It was it was bad. Oof. Yeah, what was I watching? And I don't like I say I I when I start watching Oh, yeah, it was the fucking the hell, Rebel Moon or whatever it was, right? Oh, that's, that's not Yeah. Yeah. That's not like me. Like to just give up on something like I'm like, "All right, I'm going to see this through. I want to like it. I want to like everything." And that was one of those ones where I'm like I just I stopped. And even Kale said the exact he got as far as I did, the exact same spot. Uh, and he's like, "I'm out." I love this review of Madam Webb. I almost admire the sheer lack of effort on display in the acting, storytelling, and set pieces. <laughs> to say that Johnson in particular phoned this performance in would be an insult to Alexander Graham Bell. <laughs> that's, that's nice. Yeah, burnt. Yeah, but you, you know who invented the telephone? Um, I do, but... I forgot the line out. Simpsons? Uh, Sopranos. Sopranos. Oh, 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 oh. Ital- it was an Italian. It was an Italian. Yeah. Because the Christopher, Christopher Columbus episode. It gives me no pleasure to report this because we could use... Oh, you're already on season fucking two or three? Two? Yeah, I'm in two. I, I kind of took some time off because I was watching other shit, and I'll get back into it. With these late late night, like I get, I don't want to commit. Like it's tired when I get home, and I just I watch like five minutes of like four different shows, and I gave up. So I started just going to Always Sunny because I don't have to turn my brain on. Um, merit. Well, is Rotten Tomatoes not loading for me, or do all the reviews on Madam Web they don't even give it a Rotten Tomato graphic? <laughs> It gives me no pleasure to report this because we could use some fresh original superhero adaptations on the big screen these days, but Dakota Johnson starring Madam Web is one of the worst comic book movies I've ever seen. That's from Richard Robert. God awful. Too wimpy a word for this super diva cash grab that sinks Dakota Johnson into what feels like a random batch of half-baked ideas tossed into the screen like a cynical assumption that will buy any lazy hack work that is Spider-Man adjacent. Resist. <laughs> Even if you overlook some of the technical distractions, like entire lines of dialogue that have clearly been recorded and are not actually being spoken by the characters. But that's ADR. But I guess they did a shit job, I'm guessing. Paying attention does the experience no favors either. That's a great... I like that. Paying attention does the experience no favors. (sighs) Well, anyway. We're talking about good movies tonight. Yes. Yeah, I don't. Even, I didn't even pick like a bad movie. These are all. These are all like, I well, except one. One I I watched a couple times, but like I, not. I, I didn't watch it as a kid, but like these are all like, like burn out the v, beta VHS tape over and over again. For me. Or, I'm gonna go so far as even a DVD at one point because we're kind of far into the future here. Hmm. True. Um. All right. Well, well. Do we? Who starts this week? Me or you? Uh. Well, who went two weeks ago? Last week. I don't remember. It wasn't a show last week. I think I did. So. Okay. So it's I all you. Yeah. Okay. Here is Squeezer's Here first pick. Every time. Has its ups and downs 
Sometimes ups Outnumber the downs But not in Nottingham I'm inclined to believe If we weren't so down We'd up and leave We'd up and fly if we had wings for flying Can't you see the tears were crying Can't there be some happiness for me Okay, I had enough. Oh, how could... Oh, it's the most beautiful, heart-wrenching scene in any Disney movie ever, period. Even when the forest burns in Bambi? Yeah, fuck that deer. Mm. Run. You have one job. Run. Um, and it, also, the fire, it's just... It's a process of rebirth. I mean, Bambi will burn to death, and then is, you know... Nutrients will seep into the soil, which will grow plants. The bugs will consume it. And then another Bambi, a couple generations later, will eat his grass. It's a beautiful tale. You're actually rooting for the fire because you're rooting for the future of society. Not the selfish-ass deer that just carries ticks around. (laughs) Ah, fucking deer. Uh, Anyway, yeah, we're talking uh, Robin Hood... Uh, Walt Disney's Robin Hood uh, from 1973. Uh, and this is uh, this is officially the first post-Walt uh, uh, animated movie released by Disney. And this is where, like, this is that dark era where there's some, like, classics in there, but they don't get the same respect as, like, the... Uh, Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, Snow White's, and then eventually the Little Mermaids through Frozen's. I feel uh, like well, Robin Hood does, right? Like, all the little it, girl, every girl our age has some weird fucking sexual, I mean, talk about the fucking childhood crush show. Uh, I think both Enchantress and Mrs. Squeezer would add uh, the Fox Robin to their list, I, right? Uh, I should, I'll ask her that next time. I, I, I'd like to think she's more of a Friar Tuck kind of guy. <laughs> Gives me more of a shot. But, uh, a little John. Yeah, little John, yeah. Um, That's a Baloo, right? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they also they used a regular old cast. Um, it, it got some criticism for, like, reusing a number of animations and right. stuff. Um, but, like, it's like tricks to the trade. Like, you did that kind of stuff. And... They did it, you know, th- this, like, there was a time in the 30s when they were doing Snow White. It's like they had nothing else going on for them, so they could take their time cranking that thing out. And, you know, also, they didn't have previous animations really to work with. So now, like, you have these tools, use them. They didn't go full-on Scooby-Doo running through a hallway with three doors going by it over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um this is personally like my favorite Disney movie. I watched it more than any other. I, I love it's um the characters are great. The story is very tight and concise and it's funny and it's still got like good action sequences and some heart wrenching ones. And that like it can you believe that even as a kid, the jail scene is like one of my favorites. And because it's just so 
it really sets the stage. And it's like, for a first time as a kid, like, wow, there's stakes. Like, you see all the characters that were early on that were, like, nice and cute and happy. And, yeah, the sheriff is uh, is being all, like, you know, cheating them out of their money and stuff like that. But now you see them locked up in jail, and it's dark. Like, uh, like the owl all chained up, and then the, the dog is hanging over. There's, like, a broken leg. And then they're out there feeding their family, and then the little crumb breaks, and then the little mice go and pick up the crumb and then break it off to feed theirs, and it's gut-wrenching. Um, but then it leads to, you know, the prison escape and the robbery and, you know. Was that song you were playing sang by that rooster, or was that by Robin Hood? That was the rooster. So that was uh, Alan Adele, uh, who was... Uh, so it, it you don't have all of Robin Hood's Merry Men in it. You only have Robin Hood and uh, Little John slash Baloo. And Alan Adele was, like, he's the minstrel. He's kind of like a tertiary character slash narrator. Like, he kind of in and outs some things, but he's also within the story. So you'd almost think that he's the framework. Like, he's telling you the story. Um, narrator. As he's a part of it. Yeah, the narrator. Yes. I was using more words to get that point across. <laughs> um, and then, um, so they didn't have the whole band of Merry Men. They added in some kid characters to also help fill that role, uh, which, um, you know, they like doing. Because, you know, you have to have some kids in there because kids are going to watch it and they like to see that. Sure. And then... Um, but and then yeah, Alan Adele, he is also locked up in the prison as well, and he's actually played by Roger Miller, so that way he could sing all the songs. So Roger Miller wrote and performed not Nottingham. Who's Roger uh, Miller? Uh, the King of the Road guy. King of the Road. I don't even know that one. It it, it was a massive song. <sighs> Catholic school. Honky tonk. I don't know any hockey. I mean, I mean, it was back in the '60s, so country and or western. Yeah, well, it, it was it's both at that point. Hmm. But yeah, he had a, a lot of hits. So he was that was a big name and like a, a smart move to uh, get in uh, for that role and to perform those songs. And then uh, yeah, you have you brought back like uh, all like the cast is basically the. Uh, the rotation of standard Disney voice actors at that time. Um, and like Pat Buttram is, uh, the sheriff and he's just awesome in it. I mean, he character is so, so mean and evil. And he, he really might be my favorite. Like this is in my opinion, right? It's crazy to say, but I, I think of all the Robin hood movies ever made, this might be the best one, actually. <sighs> I know. I Men know. in Tights is the I best. I know. I, I, yeah, I know. But it's, that's, that's, there's no argument or, or disagreement. It's Men in Tights. I'll, I'll argue with you. Um, the Mel best Brooks gig. Aside. One of the best gags in the whole movie is just a throwaway gag in the beginning where the fucking um, the castle crumbles around Blinken. And he's sitting on the toilet and he's reading a Playboy that's Braille. He's feeling the fucking, <laughs> like, that's like gold. 
Yeah, I, I don't disagree. They didn't. They didn't have that scene in this movie. <laughs> hey, Lincoln. They they did, but it was only for a frame. Did you say Abe Lincoln? Lincoln. Nah, I said Abe Lincoln. Oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it's short. It, it's sweet. Like it, it gets to the point of the story. And um, to me, like when I saw other versions of Robin Hood, like I didn't even recognize. And look, this is far off. Like. First of all, the story of Robin Hood is just made up nonsense. Uh, not made up nonsense, but it's a story based. Like they want to find like a real person. I'm like, it's an amalgamation. It's it's the story over time of multiple people and other tales made up, and so it's not like there's just one story to go with. Um, but I this I thought was like the best most. It was because it's also the simplest telling, and yeah, they did. It does dumb it down quite a bit. Um, but look, like Prince of Thieves wasn't the 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 deepest of uh, you know the deepest of films, and you know I like me some Ridley Scott, but that Robin Hood was very uh, say nihilistic. Like it was, it was almost like that one. I feel like he wasn't even Robin Hood. It's like Daredevil. It's like the early episodes of Daredevil or like what was going to happen with the season that they shit-canned and started over where it's like he's not in the costume. Like in the... like He's not Robin Hood yet. He's Robin of Loxley. And they didn't even call him that. Like, I just want Rob... I want someone to say Robin Hood. You know? Hmm. And they doing this. It's Robin Hood! As uh, Prince John calls him. But yeah, it's uh, it's one of my favorites. Uh, watched it nonstop. I was I was obsessed with it, and uh, I would also play it then too because I had like the little Disney, uh, little people castle back mm. then, and so I would use the castle as their castle, and then I would like recreate the whole like prison scene and the escape and the robbery and all the cool stuff. Yeah, I loved it. Again. Nothing wrong with this movie, but Men in Tights is the best depiction. Okay. I, li- I do appreciate, though, that we are arguing over the best Robin Hood movie, and it's between Robin Hood, Men in Tights, or and Disney's Robin Hood. Well, yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah. Sorry, Kevin. Yeah, that movie sucks. I know. It's terrible. But it's got Alan Rickman. Mm, it's true. There's a lot of weird stuff in that movie that's... Uh, Definitely, like you can you watch that movie and you can pinpoint exactly where in time that movie came out. Yeah, I guess so. I uh, oh, man, I remember my mom used to watch it and I just used to always fall asleep during it because it was so boring. <laughs> it's uh, I, it's I didn't get the witch part. I mean. It, it provided good fodder for men in tights. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's pretty what men in tights is. Just a parody of, of yeah, that Robin Hood. It's it's not even yeah, it's not even like the Robin Hood story. It's like they just yeah. Went oh, I speak years. with an English accent. <laughs> Unlike other Robin Hoods. <laughs> um Yeah, Robin Hood. Disney. Good one. Yeah. Thanks. Uh my first 
animated movie. Now, America's most exciting and legendary movie hero comes to the big screen like you've never seen him before and faces his greatest danger, the phantasm. I want you. Can't be too careful with all those weirdos around. In a soaring new full-length motion picture adventure, Batman, Mask of the Phantasm, rated PG, starts December 25th only in theaters. I remember over Christmas vacation, 1993, we went to see Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Damn. And it was awesome. Uh, and I was trying to tell uh, my grandma, who didn't really care, that this was just like the comic book Batman year two. <laughs> and she's like, what? <laughs> Like, it's the same story, kind of, of Batman Year Two. Grandma, Grandma, Grandma. No? What aren't you getting here? Right. <laughs> like, instead of the Reaper, it's the Phantasm. It's the same story. Uh, why my parents let me uh, read Batman Year One, let alone Batman Year Two? I don't know. I was obsessed with... Uh, um, Dark Knight Returns, obviously, because mm -hmm. of reading that that was the inspiration. My dad got me one of those magazines about like the making of Batman and reading that that was the inspiration. And Frank Miller did it. So I read Batman Year One and, you know, Batman Year One's great. He blows up the, it's basically a mob story. It's like Batman Begins kind of. Um, he, he says that you've all eaten well enough on Gotham. It ends now. <laughs> um, then Batman Year Three was, uh, I believe, who wrote it? Mike Barr wrote it, but uh, Alan Davis and Todd McFarlane drew it, and they're—I mean, come on, two of the best. Denny O'Neill was the editor of fucking uh, DC at the time, and Denny O'Neill's genius. And uh, they they took the Reaper and they they kind of repositioned it for Batman the Animated Series. And it's a year one tale, too. There's year one elements in it, too. Because before he comes Batman, he uh, proposes to Andrea and he's going to marry her. And then she and her dad just leave town and ghost his ass. So he's like, fuck, I'll be Batman. <laughs> uh, you know, of course, she comes back and uh, Joker's involved. Uh, and they were very hesitant about putting the Joker in this, especially since he was in the 89 movie. So you really, d I didn't know really until we went to see it, that the Joker was even in it. Uh, and it's, it's, uh, uh, Mark Hamill's Joker. And obviously Kevin Conroy is, uh, uh, Bruce Wayne and Batman. And, um, yeah, I mean, this is a, this is a great, it is a really good movie. Um, this did not get raked over on Rotten Tomatoes the way Madam Web did. <laughs> this is an 82% and an 88 audience score. And stylish and admirably respectful source material, Batman Mask of the Phantasm succeeds where many of the live-action Batman adaptations have failed. But at, to this point, there was Batman 66, 
Batman and Batman Returns, and they're yeah, so all. So, what are they really talking about? Great. So, yeah, who knows? Yeah. Um, and so they they decided Warner Brothers decided last minute, hey, let's release this in theaters. So they had to like redraw everything to be, uh, like, two the thirty five to one aspect ratio, like a cinematic aspect ratio. Oh wow! So they originally it was planned for direct video release. Uh yeah, four by three, maybe like a four part series. And they were originally going to do the trial where he gets caught in Arkham and all the villains, his rogues gallery, put him on trial for him making them become who they are. And they kind of scrapped it as like too brainy and not enough Batman in action. So they, they, that turned into an episode obviously called The Trial. Um, yeah, Batman. I remember like, my. I think my... Uh, my mom wanted to see Grumpy Old Men, which we originally went to see then later. Um, but uh, was, we saw it at Um at 3.20 in the afternoon. It's, it came out Christmas Day, but we didn't obviously see it Christmas Day. It was like uh, a couple, two, three days afterwards. And um, we had a choice between Pelican Brief, Beethoven Second, I've seen almost all these movies. Pelican Brief, yes. Beethoven Second, unfortunately, yes. Sister Act Two, unfortunately, yes. Geronimo, no. Um, Mrs. Doubtfire, yes. Perfect World, no. Three Musketeers, yes. Tombstone, yes. yes. Grumpy Old Men, yes. And Matt, Batman, Mask of the Phantom. What a fucking release. Wow. A December release. Wow. No, it's funny. I was just thinking about this the other day because the song popped up. Because uh, my kid likes uh, the spirit a horse movie mm-hmm. and uh brian adams does the uh soundtrack for it it's fu- brian adams and Hans zimmer it, it, it's fucking great soundtrack mm. it's fucking awesome uh but and but then you know how spotify eventually it, it moves on to like other shit mm-hmm. it's just putting all this brian adams stuff and uh all for one came on Oh, from like, uh, Three Musketeers. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, how the hell have we done this show this long? And I don't think we've ever mentioned that. We'll do it all for one, one for love. And it, who was that? It was Brian. It was like a few artists. It was like a they. That was what Delilah Staple from growing yeah. up. Who who yeah. all? Uh, all for one song from Three Musketeers. All for love. So it was. It was Brian Adams, um, Rod Stewart, and Sting. Oh, that's a powerful. I mean, that's that's, fucking Three Musketeers right there. And in fucking '93. Mm -hmm. God, you don't. Yeah, you don't really get hotter than that. No. Yeah that that was this that was one on a. Oh my god! And the music video with three of them, and yeah, that was um, that was a hot that was a hot song in the Lyle. I'll tell you what. My God, nonsense! And I, I usually I skip over it. I left it on. She's like, "What's what spirit song is this?" I'm like, "Oh, this is from the Three Musketeers." That movie was Just, such crap. It's fucking terrible. But and it, the Sheen. cast is so weird too. Fucking uh, Kiefer Sutherland. Rebecca De Mornay. Yeah. Um, Chris O'Donnell Robbins in there. 
And uh, Oliver Platt is Pathos. Yeah, that that Parthos. was the weird one. Like, oh, and you can't watch this in your house because Tim Curry was Cardinal Riccolo. Yeah. Oh, well, he was he was fucking great in that though, in that not great kind of way, but still great. Yeah, he looked like he could be him in real life. Yeah. Yeah. I see that. It's just Oliver Platt, like, just stood out. And I, I, I love you, Oliver. You're fantastic. I think I find you quite amusing. But it, it felt very, I don't know. It was weird. And Chris O'Donnell was nominated for a Golden Raspberry for a worst supporting actor for his work in the oh. film, but lost to Woody Harrelson for a decent proposal. Oh. Rotten Tomatoes finds this a film, a 30 out of 30 reviews. The- 30%. Oh. 30%? Yeah. That is more than double. That is that is Madam Web. 100% better score than Madam Web. No, Madam Web's 18%, right? Or 13? Uh, 13. Oh, it is. Um Sorry, we sidetracked there. I didn't This doesn't we got to remember when we go to talk about uh, uh Three Musketeers. Oh, we can do a whole Three Musketeers show. We can talk about this movie and the candy bar and eight other Three Musketeers related things. Uh, we could talk about um, Shawshank Redemption. This one's by Dumbass Dumas. <laughs> and you should count him Monte Crisco. It's about a prison break. You'd like that one. Followed in instructional. <laughs> <laughs> but, Sorry, I didn't mean to sidetrack you from... Uh... No, Phantasm. No, I, I'm gonna make a. I'm gonna make a list because we're going early tonight, and I got plenty of little chores to do uh, hmm. when we're done. Uh, so I'm gonna make a list and mask the Phantasm. Now it's there, and then I'm gonna decide what I'm gonna watch tonight because that's on the max. Have you ever I'm seen gonna... Mask of the Phantasm? Probably, like way back hmm. when, like probably when it came out on the the VHS. Hmm. So yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing it again. I didn't realize Stacy Keach was a phantasm. Mm-hmm. I am a big Stacy Keach fan. I like his, I like his sultry voice. Well, he's really not the phantasm. He's her dad, and uh, spoilers. Yeah, sorry. And um, well, you already ruined that. I, I thought you saw it, it though. I'm joking. No, oh. Andrea Beaumont is. Um, Dana Delaney plays her, I mean, but she's the You kind of blew it up when you told me that Kevin Conroy voiced both Batman and Bruce Wayne. <laughs> put two and two together. So thanks. And uh, why are you such a big Stacey Keach fan? What is his work? Escape from uh, L.A.? American uh, History X? No, uh, uh, well, yeah. But no, uh, uh, American Greed. Oh. Yes, I can listen to his sultry tones while he talks about people robbing me. No, um, Stacy Keach did the voice of the Phantasm and also her dad, but she is the Phantasm. <gasps> oh, yes. Yeah, so. Um, and her dad's, uh, she's just, she's avenging. It's, there's, there's very, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, comic book tones in this. Good. But Paul nice. Dini obviously was a writer and he's a fucking genius, and Alan Burnett. Uh, it was directed by Eric Radomski and Bruce Tim, and they are fucking geniuses. And um, yeah, I would definitely say I got this. I have I got the whole Blu-ray collection of the animated series and 
on that came mask of the phantasm and sub-zero which is out i not that was on my uh squeeze the short list too sub-zero is a fucking great movie too so it's dropped right in the middle of it that's right in the middle of like the animated series right I wouldn't say yeah, right 90 th- well, 90, in the middle. December it's 90. kind of on the, yeah, I guess in the middle. 92 to 93 and 90, well, I guess. Well, no, I mean, now. yeah, it, it kept going, but yeah. <laughs> in different iterations, but yeah. Um, that's all I got for that. So here's your second pick. In the near future. Corporate networks reach out to the stars, and electrons and light flow throughout the universe. The advance of computerization, however, has not yet wiped out nations and ethnic groups. My code name is Project 2501. And I am a life form that was born in a sea of information. Ghost in the Shell. Released theatrically worldwide, fall 1995. Ah, I love this movie. It's so never like, saw it. Ah, uh, it's good. It's good. Don't and make sure when you watch it, because and there's also other iterations. There's um, sequels and and some spinoffs. It just. Make sure if you do watch it, it's the 1995 animated Ghost in the Shell, and not the uh, what year was it? 2017 uh, monstrous uh, pile of crap. Uh, let's see, what year? Did, oh, yep, 19, 2017, starring uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson. And oh uh, yeah, they were Major. so they whitewashed it. They, they got all. <laughs> Yeah, bunch of um, shit. I never cared it, to see any of it. Oh god, it's so like they just suck all like the uh, they just clearly like it's like someone quick watched it and like oh cool look at all this cool stuff, let's do this. But the problem is that was already done once before when like with the Matrix. If uh, honestly, have you seen the Matrix? And then you go back and and you like you see the second. Like, you're like, oh, wow, Ghost in the Shell, like, took a lot from the Matrix. No, no, the Wachowskis saw a Ghost in the Shell, and they basically, pr- like, presented the Matrix, like, pitched it as, we want to do Ghost in the Shell. This is our idea. And down to, like, the, the digital uh, rain, like, the numbers, like, mm-hmm. like, literally, that's shot for shot. Like, that look, it's from Ghost in the Shell. Um, and it touches on all the, it's very cyberpunk uh, it's almost like more cyberpunk than even like Blade Runner in a sense. It's like the nitty gritty and uh, like the, the that that tech overwhelming uh, society kind of thing and integrated with people. Uh, and it also it's well written. The animation is absolutely gorgeous, and uh, it's it's heavy. Like I didn't see it until I didn't see it in '95. I saw it when I was in high school. And I was not big. I was not, like... I didn't like the anime thing. I don't know why. It just didn't appeal to me in any way whatsoever. I liked Akira because it was gross and violent. And then I liked Ghost in the Shell because it was beautiful and insanely violent, too. 
Um, and then I opened up my eyes to more as things went on. But um, this movie, like, it, it, watching as a kid, like, I didn't quite grasp so much. But now, like, I watched it just the other night. I'm like, ooh, that, a lot of shit really hits close to home. Um, but I, I, I love... It, it takes so much from all the other like like other cyberpunk books and stuff and inspiration from that um and like then you then you like current stuff like uh cyberpunk 2077 and shit like that which to be fair is based off of the game that came out much earlier but you could see like visual things that come from it and just like how like technology planted in human flesh and it, like the, almost the the grossness of it, uh, at the same time, and as a kid too, is also very titillating because there's uh, uh, lots of nudity in it. But it's not as a, you're a dumb kid, so you don't think anything of it. But the idea there was it's a combination of both normalizing it that it's just flesh, but also she's a cyborg, so it doesn't matter that she's naked because it's just a robot. You're not gonna think anything of it. Kind of like how they try doing with. Uh, uh, Westworld. Why they were all naked, and mm. Anthony Hopkins is like, what the, the someone put clothes on the one while they were working on. He's like, what the hell are you doing? It's not a person. It's not naked. It's just a robot. But it's not just a robot. Spoilers. It's not. No. Uh, and then they made three more seasons of that. I'm still waiting for season four vinyl to come out. Is it ever gonna? I don't know. It was supposed we. Bradley and I thought it was going to come out yesterday and they dropped something else mm. that I then bought so which is actually the Cyberpunk uh Phantom Liberty soundtrack which I was actually looking forward to so I was happy at least but not what I I just went the box set it's supposed to come with a fancy box for all four of them I'm on I'm a completionist kind of till I don't care but yeah Ghost in the Shell if you get a chance I I suggest uh checking it out uh, it, it's it, it might have it's a little more uh, action packed and a little more violent than your traditional uh, Miyazaki that you're a fan of. Yeah, by a thousandfold. But visually, it, it's it's stunning, and it's not a long watch. So Hayao Miyazaki is um, my anime and Spirit yeah, of the Way. I, I I can't. I I try and I get it. It's gorgeous and it's heartfelt and i'm just i'm like soulful someone fucking shoot someone already like please tell me are they eventually are they gonna like rip the flesh off the big bunny looking thing and there's gonna be a robot underneath oh but, totoro yeah that thing oh I man wanted, that's i wanted to go all fucking killer on totoro exists about a little girl grieving from her mother dying of cancer and her dad being emotionally unavailable oh oh i i get it now <laughs> that's why it's there's it's very layered. I, I get it. No, I do get it and I appreciate it. It's just I can only uh I like my darker I like my cyberpunk runs and uh my my robots. Oh, why didn't I pick a Hayao Miyazaki movie? Yeah, I was surprised. I was expecting that. Yeah, right. Yeah. There's still time. But I mean, it's only this is only it's only 82 minutes. So. Cuz my neighbor Totoro was came out in 1988. And god Damn, are they doing? Were they doing things on levels that we yeah, just could not? 
No, and uh, well, and we weren't even doing it. We were outsourcing it. Yeah. <laughs> so we just on, on the, well, it's it's an investment in, uh, yeah, in the art form, which took forever. And even now, like it's still like they still have to fight for it, even though it's a given. It's you have those old time hardliners that just they still see it as a cartoon. Like it. Well, here's one for you, Squeezer. Yeah, I am, and non, it's just not just me. It's not something I've discovered, but many people, and even I believe, uh, it's been like stated. But without my neighbor Totoro and Hayao Miyazaki, we would have never had um, Ocarina of, of Time. Like the the whole Kami, um, and the animism, which is like the spiritualness of like the forest. Mm-hmm. And kami is that Japanese uh, kami, the deities and divinities and spirits in the, like the, the the Shinto religion and all those Shinto aspects. I think I sent you a video, uh, a YouTube video, someone did this essay about how it's the saddest. Yeah, it's like a long hour breakdown of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was really well done. But yeah, without without Hayao Miyazaki, we wouldn't have got um, Ocarina of Time for sure. Well, I don't disagree. So, yeah. Yeah. If you got 82 minutes, go watch Ghost in the Shell. It's good. All right. Well, here is my next animated movie. Boomerang presents Daffy Duck's movie, Fantastic Island. Banana, banana, yes, 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 yes. That's A jam-packed tune epic featuring special guest stars. Oh yeah, and Daffy Duck. Daffy Duck's Fantastic Island today at 5 p.m. on Boomerang. I love their music bed is the same stuff that Always Sunny in Philadelphia uses. <laughs> and it's yes, yes, it's S O S, yes, yes. <laughs> Um, this is, uh, another, I've talked Daffy Duck's Quackbusters before. This is Daffy Duck's Fantastic Island and it's another Looney Tunes compilation. It's a movie that's, uh, composed of new stuff, uh, that bookends a bunch of old shorts. Um, and this is the, uh, the, uh, the first anthology film that doesn't feature, uh, Bugs Bunny as the center character as features Daffy Duck. So Daffy and, and Speedy are stuck on a uh, oh pardon me on an island and they decide they find a wishing well that grants like wishes and they, they kind of take on the role of Mr. Rourke and Tattoo from Fantasy Island <laughs> and start um uh yeah they have their soul in there so uh Um, what am I trying to say here? The, so the, the the story is all these tunes come flying to the island, and Speedy Gonzalez is like, "Boss, the plane, the plane," you know, just like tattoos to do. And uh, there's a treasure map, and you know that's what the, that's what they're exploiting. And and there's all these uh, uh, shorts, uh, classic cartoons in order. So there's Captain Hairblower. Uh, Stupor Duck, Greedy for Tweety, Banty Raids, <laughs> which uh, is Foghorn Leghorn's wish, 
and um and that's featuring a barnyard dog and that little like elvis like dog remember that one oh yeah Louvre come back to me uh pepe Le Pew's wish and that's with like the cat that he falls in love with you know tree for two spike and chester's wish curtain raiser porky pig's rich does she walk under a freshly painted ladder who's that the cat oh yeah i think that's right and that's how she looks like a skunk it's pretty much like every time yeah yeah a mouse divided a sylvester's wish um greedy for tweety was granny's wish um of rice and hen and a love lorn leghorn which is prissy's wish um and from air to air which is a pirate sam's wish um and these are just uh looney tune shorts from the 50s and 60s that they repackaged and put a new uh animation in and 1980 20 years later they're reselling it as a movie and we <laughs> rented it from blockbuster a lot brilliant hmm and then, like, yeah. You didn't just tape it off a of TV like they uh, they had? Uh, advertising? That was for Boomerang. That was way later. Oh, that was, that was, yeah. that's right. That was, yeah. you, you still did it, didn't you? What? Tape it off a of Boomerang? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I DVR'd it off Boomerang. Um, Yeah, that's not much to say about it. I digress. I'm sure I've, I'm sure I've seen them all, like... I don't remember, like, I didn't see this. But you saw all the shorts, probably. But, like, all the shorts you've seen, yeah. Yeah. But that's uh, that's all I have to say about it. I'm going to go to your third pick. Here it is. That's all I got to say about it. Universal Pictures brings you the first animated feature film presented by Steven Spielberg. The story of one family's journey to America and Fievel, their son, who got lost along the way. An American Tale, a Don Blue film, rated G. Papa! Starts Friday, November 21st at select theaters. Yeah, doesn't that sound like a sweet film? Yeah, no, we saw this in the theater and it was heartbreaking. I don't know if I rewatched it outside the theater. Uh, You know what? We saw this at the, um, the, the. Fuck the Leah Valley Mall, General Cinemas. Yeah. Okay, I could see that. I don't remember seeing it in theaters. I would only been three. Uh, I do remember I seeing it in theaters. I remember having. What it, year did it come out? On tape, uh, eighty-six. Are you two years younger than me? Eighty-six. No, I was four. I was four in eighty-six. Yeah, there's a big difference there, especially taking a kid to a movie. Okay, our parents took us to a lot of movies like growing up. Cause no, I, we didn't. We did not. It was the cheapest way to get us to shut up for, for a bit. And our grandparents then took us to a lot of movies. Like I saw a lot of things in theater. Like I saw fucking the um, Beverly Hillbillies remake and uh, what was that? The what's the the one with the kids? Little Rascals. I saw the Little Rascal remake in theater. Yeah, I think I saw that. Cause, well, I think my dad even went to that because he liked the little rascal. Oh, my my dad was so excited for the fucking Beverly Hillbillies movie. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't until I was older and I was old enough to ride my bike over to the uh, 
AMC in general, like between the two malls, um, that I then I started going to the movies nonstop. But as a kid, like we didn't go. Like it was either. I mean, we did Shanks a lot. We would go to Shankweilers a ton. That was like our go-to because you only had to buy two tickets. Yeah, we hide in the back. Me and the sister were stuffed in the back of the Bronco. Right. Um, and it's like, oh wow, this. Man and woman are coming to see the Babysitter's Club with no one in the back seat. Huh. Go ahead. <laughs> um, and, uh, or over to uh, the Roxy, because it was a buck. You know? Never went to the Roxy. We were, yeah. there was the Trexertown Cinema, which was second run, and I think a dollar, uh, which is in the Trexertown Mall. That was when we were with my grandparents, mainly. Where was, where was that at? Uh, it became a 24-7 fitness Okay, so that's the, that makes sense. It's the one with the glass front, mm-hmm. like tucked into the corner there. Yeah. By uh, okay. I that make I see that now. So, we saw Batman '89 there. Um, or we either went to the Plaza at uh, the Whitehall Mall, or until mm-hmm. Tillman Eight was built in like '88 or '89, we went to the General Cinemas and of course Shankweilers every yeah. summer all the time. God, Never went to Becky's when... though ever. Uh, we went to Becky's a couple times. I started going to Becky's with my friends a lot more because, uh, uh, his girlfriend at the time, like, lived up that way, so it was close to Mm. crash there. Uh, but yeah, we would, uh, uh, wasn't, it was also, we had, you know, we were still in HBO, so... We didn't really have to go to the movies much. And that's where I think I got... I think we might have taped this off of HBO. And that's well, we didn't even... Have to, had we had HBO it. and every pay channel. We oh, had it all. Well, yeah. We had it all, but I don't know. Yeah. My parents just... It was, we didn't go to dinner, really, so we went to the movies. Yeah, I get that. No, I get that. And and also, like, you, you had it, so it was kind of like... It, it was a thing for us. It was like you didn't know how long this fun ride was going to last. And we found out eventually when they sent us a bill... But, uh, and we weren't stealing it. They just never turned it off, and we didn't bother to, like, hey, you guys are giving us free shit. Stop. Um, so, that's on them. Silly Twin County. Silly Twinkie Winky, as my dad used to call it. (laughs) That's cute. Um, but yeah, so if you listen to that trailer, it's this cute little movie, Mouse and Family. Uh, move to America. He gets lost along the way. I'm sure some fun hijinks ensues, and it's all cute. And then he finds his papa. This was, I, I would argue, this is the first horror movie I ever saw. <laughs> yeah, it's very uh, much based on um, Mouse. Did you ever read that comic book? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, what the fuck was the name? What the fuck is this? the guy doing? Spiegel, Spiegelman. Yeah, Spiegelman, and he's famous for Garbage Pail Kids, not Garbage Pail Kids. <laughs> yeah, Garbage Pail Kids and Wacky Packages. Right? Yeah, Art Spiegelman. It, it, Art Spiegelman, right? It, yeah, I think. Yeah, right. I, I can't find it. It's, it's strange that someone can make those two things. Right, Mouse is this yeah. beautiful. That that cats were Nazis and the mice were the the Jews uh, of uh, Europe and. Uh, I, Spielberg obviously was inspired by that because I mean this is Dom. Everything Don Bluth did was a fucking horror movie. Those yeah. Don Bluth '80s movies. God, right? that guy was dark. Yeah. Did, how many times do you think he got shot down in like a, a Disney meeting? Because you're like, 
everyone's looking like, dude, it's a kids movie. Mm-hmm. Well, Don Bluth did do Disney, right? Yeah. yeah. Before he went out on his own. Great Mouse Detective, uh, right? No, no. He did um, Sword in the Stone. No. The Black Cauldron, right? I think it was Black. He let. What was his last one there? Hang on. Might have been Black Cauldron. Scroll, 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 that scroll. That was a fucking. So, yeah, he was, it was an animator on. Robin Hood, Winnie the Pooh and Tigger 2, Escape to Witch Mountain, he was an animator. Uh, the Rescuers, he was directing animator. Pete's Dragon. What the hell is it? Oh, he did the animated sequences on Xanadu. Alright, so he did... He was an animator on Fox and the Hound. Oh, that's animation department. Hang on. Filmmaking credits. Let's go here. Uh, 78 small one banjo. Secret of Nim. So, yeah, I guess he kind of, he was an animator there, and then he wasn't, like, a director, producer, or anything at Disney. He was an animator. Yeah, his first feature length on... was Secret of Nim, which is dark yeah. as fuck. Fuck, yeah. And then, uh, then he goes on and does American Tale. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is dark as fuck. And, I mean, scary. First, so, first of all, the storm scene. The movie basically leads off, like... And, first of all, it sets it all up with just poor sadness. Like, like oh, wow, these mice live in squalor, which I guess technically all mice do, and they like it, I guess, but... um, And then, like, the storm scene. It's fucking terrifying. Those waves, like... I never wanted to get on a, on a rickety boat like that ever after that. Um, but then like the, the fire cat, see like the giant scary cat machine monster, like scared the hell out of me. Um, and yeah, just a very, oh yeah, if you just Google, uh, scary American tale scenes, even like Reddit, uh, traumatic childhood movie scenes, Mm. yeah, the secret weapon from American tale. Yeah. And so they build, that's right, it's a giant, like, spark-shooting, rocket-shooting mouse to scare the cat. And But it scares you. It scares you. Like, as a kid, I fucking, yeah, terrifying. And then he does a Land Before Time. He's like, hey, Disney, you like to kill parents? Watch this. <laughs> T-Rex is going to kill him. Um, and then then he goes and doubles down and does all dogs. Oh, my God. God and literally just. Kali Ma as a child uh, right there. Um, but then he did Rockadoodle. Yeah. It's like he got tired. <laughs> uh, I didn't see Thumbelina. I didn't see Troll in Central Park. Pebble and the Penguin I didn't see. Anastasia I think I saw. I'm sure did that you, as well. Were you worried as a kid you were going to get sold to a sweatshop if you lost your family? Oh, because of fucking. Oh, Bible. I was. I was like, oh my god. I think my mom might have even said it. See, this is what <laughs> happened. If, okay. if if you fucking wander off, you get sold to a sweatshop like Fievel, um, by a fucking warranty have, rat. Maybe maybe not just the sweatshop thing, but like the the separation, the loss, the anxiety, um, and just living, you know, off the street, like without my mom and dad. I'm sure that, like, buried something deep down inside my head and like made me who I was for the next like 15 years until they got a divorce and pulled the life out from underneath me and told me that uh, love is dead and meaningless and <laughs> you should just go and do your own thing. 
Uh, and then I found, and then I found the love of my life, and I have uh, wonderful children in my hair. It's funny. What is this? Men in the eighties, and it takes place in like, pro, is it post-war or pre-war Russia? I thought 80, it was oh eighteen eighty-five. It was pre way pre-war. 18, okay. Yeah. It was, so that so that's the difference between Ma- Mouse was set in Nazi Germany. This is eighteen eighty-five. Shatska Russian Empire. Um, yeah, but there's still like prescriptions here. What was going on in Russia in 1885? Uh, oh, Cossack. Uh, da, 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 curious, landscape. Alexander III. Uh, anti-Semitism. Oh. What's going oh, on in yeah. uh, 2024? Yeah. Anti-Semitism. Oh, yeah. What's going on in America in 1885? Oh, Italian, Irish, and Eastern European immigrants are are illegally coming into the country. Now the descendants of these immigrants are pissed that other immigrants are coming into the country. <laughs> yeah, but so is that we just need to build a nice big statue down in Texas? What the Statue of Liberty? Yeah, we'll just build a, a give us a, a your tired and your poor. Ah, uh, no, 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 no. Just get some sandpaper. Wipe that part off. Stay the hell out. Yeah. Uh. Or just like, are you sure you want to come here? I don't like this whole anti-catism of this movie. Yeah. Izzy, we I don't mean, like it. Look, the cats are just trying to survive themselves. Yeah. And also, they're keeping down... When they should really play it up as... Uh, the mice coming in are just a disease and pestilence um, that are going to uh, hmm. uh, spread uh, various diseases throughout yeah. the human communities. How do you? The cats are just trying to save their lives. How, how do you? Um, uh, I don't know what the phrase I'm looking for is. How do you live with yourself being a uh, a uh, uh, mouse genocide artist? <laughs> Uh, and and but seeing this movie as a kid, does that does that sit with you well? Oh, that oh maybe. Do you watch is. this? I'm... Do you watch this completely different from the rest of us and root for five oh, to drown? I, I, I'm walking out with a like, little bag with a little fella in there going, "There's no cats in America, <laughs> but there are snap traps." <laughs> oh, the and the saddest song of all, somewhere out there, another Delilah staple. Yeah, but but when it was like like released and Delilah sang by the actual artist, it sucked. When it's sang by the little fucking kid rat or kid mouse, that is. <laughs> I call him a rat. Oh, but yeah, if you just but if you're right though, if you just look at them, the Mousekowitz family as just a, a, a living, breathing collection of little weapons of mass destruction, just little walking hantaviruses. Yeah, you're gonna root for the cats. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I haven't. Wa- I I actually tried to watch it, but you have to like. I'm not gonna pay like three dollars to rent it or anything. So I said, "Fuck that." What's that? Uh, Fievel or American Tale. We never called it an American Tale. It was always just Fievel. Even like on the on the beta ta- on the pizza. Oh, I always beta, call it American Tale. We always we always. Well, then there was the odd sequel. Fievel. Fievel goes west. Fievel goes west. Yeah, that's when they really like. Uh, that was the money grab. Yeah, that that was definitely post Rockadoodle. 
yeah. uh, when it came to. I don't even know if Don Bluth was involved in that. Uh, Five O goes west. I don't see it on any of his uh, screen writing credits. Uh, where's Five O? Where's the part where they say the sequel uh, followed by a sequel kind of thing? Five O goes west, nineteen ninety one. Yeah, his name is not. He's not listed at all. He looks like he had nothing to do with it. The film spawned a franchise made without the involvement of Bluth. It says in the first paragraph, or uh, last paragraph, uh, the first blurb. They included oh, gotcha. a sequel. Uh, oh, wow. So a I CBS actually... television series based in the film, Fivel's American Tales. I didn't know that. Oh, I think. And a direct and two additional direct to video sequels between the. The first two films, An American Tale, The Treasure of Manhattan Island in 1998, and American Tale, The Mystery of the Night Monster in 1999. Hmm. Uh, I remember Fievel Goes West, man. If I, I remember my cousins were big in the Fievel Goes West. I, I didn't see it, but they promoted the living shit out of that on television. I remember watching it at my aunt and uncle's house. They're out. Like I, it's weird. It's one of those things I can vividly remember, like cracking open that white plastic uh, VHS box and uh, popping it in. He um, spends his days thinking about a blood a bloodhound sheriff called Wild Burp, Wiley Burp. During Tan- while Tanya dreams of becoming a singer, meanwhile Tiger's girlfriend Miss Kitty leaves him to find a new life out west. Yeah, and I remember I remember Tiger in the uh a can can girl outfit, I believe. <laughs> Screenplay based directed by Phil Nibelik. Oh, he's uh he worked on Roger Rabbit, didn't say what he did. And uh All right. Um moving on to my third pick. Hmm. Here it is. To hear, here it goes. Time to play basketball. On November 15th. Michael! Pardon me, Mr. Jordan. We need your help! Get ready to run. Get ready to slam. Let's all laugh at the duck. Perhaps I could be of some assistance. Get ready to jam. Jordan. He's okay. Funny. And the NBA's best. Space Jam. (laughs) Rated PG. Starts Friday, November 15th. Yeah, I was a big uh, fan of this movie when it came out because it was during the run of the 96 Bulls, which is the greatest basketball team. Well, it was after the run of 96 Bulls, but it was 97 Bulls were hot too. 95, 96 Bulls, man. Beating the Sonics, beating the beating the Heat, beating the Knicks, beating the Magic, then the Sonics. My God, Dennis Rodman, Scotty Pippen, Luke Longley, Tony Kukoc, Steve Kerr, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan. Man, that was a team. Yeah, but after that. Big fan. Space Jam comes out. Um, 
aside from the uh, R. Kelly song, when, what I believe I can fly, that was R. Kelly, right? So it, it's weird. Like, so bef- when we'd go to the park sometimes, like, without even thinking, we'd push him on the swing. And it's like, oh, I believe we'd, like, they said something like, oh, I can fly. And I started singing it once. And it got stuck, like, in their little heads. And this was pre... I mean, like, there were rumors, but there wasn't, like, a actual thing yet. Like, you know? And, like, charges and convictions. Uh, but now, uh, when uh, your kid is at the park and on the swing and singing R. Kelly, I believe I can fly. And you kind of look around, make sure there's no other parents around that are roughly your age. Like, what are you teaching your children? <laughs> Yeah, so apparently, and I, I just learned this this week, reading about this, uh, Space Jam, Ivan Reitman, who's a genius, directed Ghostbusters, uh, produced Private Parts, the Howard Stern movie. Uh, he had a conversation between him and a Nike executive, sparked the idea of a film starring Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny. They were uh, two Super Bowl ads in 1992 and 93 that I believe we talked about on the show. Uh, Hair Jordan, Aerospace Jordan, uh, respectively, and uh, featured Mike Jordan and uh, Bugs Bunny. And uh, they went over pretty well. And after Jordan left for baseball and came back and the 96 Bulls did their thing and they won, it was a uh, pretty big deal. And they did this movie. And um, it was like a combination, obviously, live action and animation a la Roger Rabbit. Oh, goodness. But Jordan's wearing a very cool pair of my favorite basketball shoes ever, the sneakers, the Jordan 11s um, that are exclusive to this movie. I think they re-released them. Um, It got ripped on Rotten Tomatoes, but fuck it. This movie is for kids. It's it's dumb. Oh, God. What do they want every time? They did another Space Jam with uh, LeBron, which wasn't bad. I saw that, too. Um, Yeah. I, I look. I, I'm, I'm. You come from a different place because, like, your mindset. Like, you're. Everyone's like, "Oh no, LeBron is bigger than Jordan." Now I'm like, "Yeah, no, sorry." Maybe it's just my take on it. It's just no. Michael Jordan's the fucking king. It it it, it supersede it. Uh, what what's the word I'm looking for? The crossed. It it was, it was the zeitgeist. It was beyond just. That. Yeah, there's a phrase, the Michael Jordan of, and that's yeah. to say the best of something. And that's, yeah. Michael Jordan was the best. And, um, yeah, this this makes fun of his baseball. He's stinking it up on the baseball team, and he gets abducted to uh, uh, Moron, Ma- Moron Mountain is in the decline, and uh, Mr. Swackhammer learns of the Looney Tunes from the Nerdlucks. Um, and orders them to abduct the Looney Tunes to serve as attractions. And uh, Bugs Bunny allows them to defend themselves, and they challenge the Nerd Lux to a basketball game, noting the latter's small stature. The Nerd Lux research the sport and infiltrate various games, stealing the talents of Charles Barkley, Sean Bradley, Patrick Ewing, Larry Johnson, and Muggsy Bogues. And they turn into these gigantic muscular creatures known as the Monstars. And the Looney Tunes realize that they need professional help. So they 
Michael Jordan's out golfing with Bill Murray and Larry Bird, and he they abduct him, tell him they need him to help play the game. It's a fun movie. If you haven't seen it, see it. There's nothing life-changing about it, but it's not fucking My Neighbor Totoro where you'll be like thinking about like this this will haunt you like in a good way for the rest of your life, but yeah. Base jam. It's a pick. Yeah, but it it did give us hit him high. Did, but it also gave I believe we can fl- I can fly. It does. But fuck, I love that song. Here is your fourth pick we got we're like two hours in jesus christ i don't know well it's because that's because we have a quality broadcast sure now for the summer of 1994 disney animators will take you deep into the wilds of africa for disney's 32nd all-new full-length animated feature the lion king It's an extraordinary original story about a heroic young cub named Simba, destined to become king of the jungle. To create a cast of realistic animal characters, Disney's artists drew inspiration for their work by sketching and studying the real things. Some of their subjects were even invited right into the studio. What clips did you pull? Uh, the, the longest possible? Yeah, you don't have to link it. Pot. What? There's one longer clip. You can pot this down and talk over it. I thought, well, no, you had the long uh, Robin Hood one, too. Well, yeah, because it's a fucking great song. It's only a minute. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's the TV spot. The Lion King animators pulled animals <laughs> into the studio. It, it was it was a commercial for the behind-the-scenes feature. Oh. Uh, um, hang on, there's one thing I want to see real quick. Lisa, did I type releases for? Yeah. What? Um, so in the ninety, like this was like the new, uh, fuck, what do they call this era? The second uh, golden age. It was the, it was the the Renaissance, right? Yeah, it was the Renaissance. It was the ninety once, uh, Little Mermaid and uh, uh Aladdin. Yeah, and they're really the full of themselves. Yeah. What? What? They're fucking mon like it, it reinvigorated. It made Disney. Everyone thinks about like Disney princesses, like it's this thing that goes way back. You only had three up until like eighty nine when. I don't uh, think of it. I don't care. <laughs> you don't, but I live it. And that little uh, redheaded fish showed up and uh, stirred things up. Um, but uh, hang on, let me find. Disney animated. Thank you. That's what I'm looking for. Wait. Not ranked. Oh, you thing. This is much better than last this week. Is, it is so much better. Um, but, yeah, so it was the, that first renaissance, and then the second renaissance kicked in within, like, the last ten years or so with... Uh, between Frozen, uh, Tangled, uh, Princess and the Frog, all that. That's like their second. Basically, it's when they start making princess movies and make a shit ton of money. Uh, like, not People don't go back and like, oh, remember Bolt? Yeah, no. I mean, I do because my kids watch it nonstop. They love that damn movie. But, uh, yeah, so you had these releases and you had like, uh, yeah, Beauty and the Beast. You had Aladdin. You had... Um, uh, the aerial one, so like they're they're in this like princess thing going on, and it's doing well for them. But 
Lion King really crossed like boundaries where it stepped out of the the princess thing and appealed to more a vaster audience. Like they weren't going to target like like even for me. And I was you know I was eleven. I still want to see Lion King. I was I thought it was the shit. Um, and it's got some damn catchy songs. Yeah, we saw it. We saw it. But then my mom that summer, our, the entire drive down the Rehoboth Beach, she played the soundtrack on repeat nonstop. Um, why wouldn't you? Sir Elton. Um, and just just the, the Elton John soundtrack, right? Not like, like the proper score. Yeah, yeah, it was the soundtrack with all the, yeah, the, the songs. Yeah, because the, the score, that was Hans Zimmer did the score. And if it, if the score is awesome. It's great. Um, and then, yeah, visually, like the animation on it, of course, is just top notch. I, I think it's them at like some of their best, like in that time. And uh, and the story is <sighs> look, the story's a little on the weak side. You know, it, it, a lot of it seems forced, but uh, it you know it was still it's still a fun watch. And it's cute. You got your your little jokes, and you got Timon and Pumbaa, or, or you know, you know uh, your comedy. Uh, who, what am I going for here? Your duo, your uh, who are those old guys there in black and or whatever the hell their name is. Rosencrantz uh, and Guildenstein. Yeah. Well. N- well. But yeah. But as a kid, you're not really you know much into the Shakespeare. I mean, clearly, yeah, the story is. But uh, no, like uh, fuck. Why am I Amos and Andy? Yeah, kind of like that. But uh, the other one, Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah, Jay and Silent Bob. They're like Jay and Silent Bob. That's what they were going for. Um, came out the same year. And yeah, and you got a pretty ear voice cast. You got, uh, of course, they go uh, all out and and drop the bucks on the old uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas um, as a young Simba. And then Matthew Broderick as the older Simba, which I always felt was a little weird. I don't know why, but that's fine. Uh, but because it, it's weird that Jonathan Taylor Thomas and Matthew Broderick are voice of Simba when James Earl Jones is the dad. Like it's like, okay, but when you grow up, like you still don't sound anything like that. And eventually, when they do the animated series, uh, like with Simba's pride and all that shit. Uh, then uh, Rob Lowe is actually the voice actor for uh, an older Simba. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Irons is Scar, and he, Jeremy Irons is awesome as Scar. Uh, and then uh, and uh, Whoopi Goldberg is one of the hyenas. Uh, it, Whoopi Cheech, and I think it was uh, Rowan Atkinson. My, no, Rowan Atkinson was. Uh, See Zazu, I think. Ah, whatever. Still, um, yeah. So, uh, yep. Simba's dad dies. Simba runs away from his problems. Eventually, he comes back, and oh, I could have said, yeah, Rowan Atkinson is Zazu. Um, and uh, yeah, saves the day. And then uh, launches Scar off. The what, Mister Bean is Zazu? Yeah, Mister uh, in the first one. And John uh, Oliver is in the second one, right? John Oliver is the. Uh, He's quick to remind you whenever he gets a chance to remind you that he is Zazu. Yeah, I only know that because of his show. He talks about it all the time. Constantly, yeah. Um, 
And uh, Whoopi, who was? Uh, a lot of people had a oh. problem with the hyenas. That they happened to only cast black actors to play the. Oh well, I, I, I guess that. But then eventually they end up. Well, James Earl Jones was Mufasa. I'm not saying I had a problem with it. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> I'm saying people had a problem with it. Um, but then uh, they did recast it with all black actors for the live five one to tape one. Yeah, which I mean I'm not a big fan of, but it gave us the Mandalorian. So, and yeah, yeah. Well, it made a whole bunch of money, and yes, Iron Man. Yeah, he did Iron Man. Yeah. So Iron Man gave us the Lion King. Yeah. He did Iron Man before Lion King. Yeah. Okay. But Lion King gave us Mandalorian. Technically, Jungle Book gave us Lion King, which gave Lion us King. Mandalorian. Sure. I like the Jungle Book live action one. It's actually pretty good. I don't think I saw it. I, I saw parts of it. Yeah, because I remember Mowgli running and like, uh, the, the what's his name? Bill What's Murray plays Baloo. Guy? What's the orangutan's name in uh, Jungle Book? Oh, god damn it. Louie. Louie. Yeah, King Louie. Because he's Louis. a lot bigger than in the cartoon. He's like smashing shit. So. Yeah. I, I was, yeah. I was, I was, I, you know how I got to that? The fucking tailspin. I was like, what is he in? He's Louie. Yes, he's the, he owns the bar. <laughs> yes. Um, that's what we need. I need a tailspin movie. Um, we did. It was called fucking Jungle Book. No, well, no, a live, a true tailspin, like live action, with very awkward, uh, uncanny valley characters. Mm, an animated one would be cool. Bring it back, yeah, just I, like the Ducktales. I just want a weird, uncanny valley Rebecca. That's all. <laughs> um, and the, the only thing I really have a problem with this movie, and it's one of those things where it's like. Like when you're like in a movie when they're running and they keep running straight and like if they just move to the right a little bit the car will pass them but they don't and they get run over kind of thing. Right. The whole like Mufasa dying in the valley when the wildebeest stampede. Like he jumps out of the way and he like hangs onto the rock wall, right? Sure. And he's hanging there and they're running past him. And he can clearly hang on. If he can climb up he can hang on where he's at. If he would have just hung on there for another 30 seconds, they would have passed, and he would have just lowered himself down and been like, whew, that was crazy. But he That's did. That's all he had to do. Instead, he climbs all the way up there, and he's like, oh, this is getting hard. And he's like, hey, brother who clearly has a shady thing going on, I trust you. And then, pff, dead. All he had to do was just hang on a second. There's no reason to climb up. Sure. You're good to go. Does he think it's a perpetual uh, herd of wildebeest? Maybe. What a fucking terrible king. Probably. He should he should have census data. Like, Zazu should have flown down and like, hey, you're uh, three quarters of the way through. Yeah. Uh, you go, do, do, and you're good. You're clear. Okay. There's going to be one that's going to stampede through at the end that's going to scare a little Simba when you're dead. But don't worry about that because you'll be alive. Of course. So other than that, it's great, but that's that's my one one problem I have. With okay, well, you got your gripe. Here uh, is my fourth pick. I'm going to zoom through it because I got to pee and we're fucking almost two hours into this fucking whore. Well, it's a work of art, just like Lion King. 
March 26th, only in theaters, it's the biggest adventure of Doug's life. It's Doug's first movie. Legend has told of a monster in Lucky Duck Lake. Something bad behind me, isn't there? Can Doug face his biggest adventure ever? It's not scary at all. Can Doug save the dance from the evil guys out to destroy the monster of Lucky Duck Lake? And tell Patty Mayonnaise how he really feels? Oh, man! All your questions will be answered in Doug's first movie, Rated G. Starts Friday, March 26th. So at some point, uh, Disney bought Doug from Nickelodeon or Jim Jenkins contract with Nickelodeon for Doug ran out and Disney picked it up and Disney changed a few things about it. It wasn't as good. I still watched it because it was on like Disney one, two and I watched recess and Doug was just on. So I watched it and um, they did this movie in 99, which I did not see in the theater, but I remember watching um, afterwards. And of course it's, uh, Bluff, Bluffco, Bill Bluff is dumping waste into Lucky Duck Lake, and um, it creates like a little mini mini Godzilla that they name Herman because he tries oh. to eat a copy of Moby Dick. Ah, I see what they did there. Yeah, so I they, wouldn't have gotten that as a kid. They disguise this monster as a a, a foreign exchange student, Hermione, um, <laughs> but Patty Mayonnaise, of course, becomes jealous of all the attention uh, he gives her. Uh, meanwhile, Roger Klotz, we know Roger, uh, and his cronies are uh, learning about Herman, um, build a robot to kidnap him. Uh, but instead, the robot like bullies Roger. Uh, so they show Herman to uh, Mayor a Tippy Dink, who warns him Bluff will kill the story if he tries to get it to the press. Um... They get it to the school newspaper and they're detailing how her, but um, instead they find an article detailing how Herman attacks students at the upcoming Valentine's day dance. Uh, it's just really dumb, but it's not horrible. They clean up the, uh, they clean up the lake and you know, they're threatened with a lawsuit and um, she dumps Patty dumps guy and gets back with with Doug and Aww. you're wondering why the fuck they made this movie but I guess on a, bill, a, a budget of 5 million 19.5 million at the box office isn't too bad that's not bad that's that probably quote unquote made money or didn't right Nickelodeon was actually going to make a Doug film adaptation in May of 93 uh, they made a deal with 20th Century Fox to make films based on their properties along with Rugrats and Ren and Stimpy. Uh, but it evaporated when Viacom acquired Paramount Pictures in 1994. Um, so that deal went bye-bye. Ah. Yeah. Um, and the, is that what got us Beavis and Butthead to America then? Yeah, well, yeah, by, yeah, absolutely. And uh, the Rugrats movie, too. Hmm. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't a huge... You would understand, too, that I'm not a huge Doug fan. Why is that? The the same reason, like, it's the, the coming-of-age, awkward childhood angst that I, I lived, and it bothered me, and I just I didn't want to see it on the screen. Hmm. 
Yeah. It just it made me. I love coming of age. Like that's like my uh, one of my favorite. That's, that's your thing. I don't want to. The second that that, that that there's angst, I'm like. I'm Maybe because sure. I never came of age. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting to come of age, so I watch these tales of. But my problem is to, I, to see what so, I can look forward to. It was just so unpleasant, and I was so uncomfortable in my own skin, and I was clearly Skeeter. Like I'm always the man out. I don't know. Skeeter might have been more popular than Doug. May oh, okay. Then I was. You I was Doug. the character. No, I was the character that wasn't even really in the episode. I was just tertiary, like in the background at a locker somewhere. You know, worrying about being 11, 12 years old and worrying about dying alone because I'm never going to have a girlfriend. So. Here's the thing I think about Doug Doug's first movie is pretty stupid. The show on Nickelodeon was really good. So uh, the, the uh, Disney version of it wasn't bad. But Doug on um, not brand spanking new Doug or Disney's Doug. Doug on uh, by created by Jim, Jim Jenkins actually. And I had a few conversations. He was going to come on the show. It just never materialized. Um, now he's definitely not after last week. But. What what did he do last week? Our show last week. Oh, oh, oh. no, this was, uh, and Trench's sister was working with him on something and she told him about the podcast. He's like, oh, I'd want to do it. And this was a few years ago. And, hmm. and we talked and maybe after talking to me, he was like, nope, nope, not going to do this anymore. <laughs> but um, Doug Funny. Was he expecting some hard-hitting journalistic questions? I don't know. Here's your next pick. Hey, does this look like a petting zoo to you, huh? <laughs> they may not trust mankind. Okay, check for poop. Humans are disgusting. But on March 15th, we should return him. They have to save it. <laughs> Manny, Sid, Diego, and Scrap. Four Sub-Zero heroes. You're an embarrassment to nature. Do you know that? Ice Age. We are the weirdest herd I've ever seen. Ow! Rated PG. March 15th, only in theaters. Uh, Ice Age. I mean, talk about uh, a director video franchise extravaganza. I've never seen any Ice Age movies. Oh, they're not. It's it's good. They're not bad. And fucking, if, if even if you just watch the Scratch shorts, those are, they're fucking hysterical. I feel like there Ice Age was Ice Age in the nineties. When did Ice Age come out? It was two thousand two. Oh, so it was right on the cusp. Yeah, yeah, the cusp. So I, cause my thing is, I was still in high school. I remember I went to see his, we were on a You're date. still in high school in 2002? I graduated in 2002. Oh, yes. This came, this came out in March. This is twice where I, I forget your age. You're a year younger, but you're two grades behind me. Two grades behind you, yeah. Because yeah. uh, my mom wanted to hold me back. She said, I didn't want to potty train me or something. My the, mom couldn't the, wait to get me the fuck out of the house. I was not being held back. I, I was, I would have been, it's the same situation that kind of like we're in now with, with our youngest. Like, I would have been the youngest in my class or I would have been the oldest in the next class. And they're like, boys are dipshits. Wait, no, oldest? Your birthday's in July like mine. Yeah. Oh, so you, oh, you are the, you were the oldest. I was the oldest. Okay, I was the, I was one of the youngest. Yes. Okay. And they basically told her at, at like the daycare, it's like, your son is a dipshit. <laughs> um, 
So start him a year late so that way you can pay us for another year of daycare. And my mom said, okay, here. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, so that's why I didn't graduate, which I am so glad because it, it's a known fact. Like it's in the annals of Whitehall history. That, And I'm sorry if any of you assholes that graduated a year ahead of me are listening. The class of 01 at my high school is considered amongst, like, the worst to come through. Like, complete dirtbags. Huh. Uh, and some friends in there, too. But, like, they, it was a known issue with that class. Ours is considered one of the best. Like, we... Because we were so fed up with all the bullshit from the seniors the year ahead of us. We were, like, some of the most chill. Just, like, there are no problems. Everyone just went about their business. And they loved us for it. Like, school was like, oh, thank God. Um... Or maybe we weren't the best, but they, the others were just so fucking terrible that they couldn't deal. So, and it and it worked out. And so I'm the fucking prom king, yo. Damn um, right. Yeah, because a uh, joke went too far. Yeah, just glad I was a part of it. Um, but yeah, Ice Age. It's a um. Y- they they took like you know they got Ray Romano who was fucking hot at the time, but everyone loves Raymond. Uh, John Leguizamo is always available and uh, Dennis Leary who I think was uh, uh, was uh, Rescue Me on at the time what? Might have been. Rescue Me? Yeah. No that came after 9-11 Was it? Yeah. Well so did Ice Age. Oh duh yeah 2002 Yeah but I mean it, they it would have been in production well, Dennis Leary's comic, his uh, stand-up came out in, like, 99, and that was huge, where he was, like, talking about not being able to get coffee. Mocha, chica, fucka, fucka, what, you know? Okay, yeah, so, like, they were all big. Dennis hot. Dennis Leary was hot before uh, Rescue Me. Well, I know, well, he got Rescue Me from that. And, like, you, it was already a known name. Uh, and they were, I mean, it, it's, it's actually a really good movie. It's fun, it's cute, it's not... It's it's that awkward pair. You put the mammoth, the saber tooth tiger, and the sloth. And I mean, John Leguizamo pretty much steals it. He's as said, he's fucking fantastic. But I mean, the real star is Scrat, who's the little uh, squirrel without any uh, speaking part that just goes through. He's the little like cutaway, little vignette bit where he tries to get his acorn, and ends up being. Uh, viciously injured time after time in his quest for his acorn and then is also responsible for like basically the splitting of like glaciers the melting of the straits and shit like that like massive ecological collapses are all a result of this one little squirrel trying to get his acorn and it's adorable and then they base movies off of that entirely like he is responsible for an asteroid and uh and then they have a bunch of shorts on Disney, too, which are kind of cute. I mean, we've seen them. I've seen them all time after time after time uh, with my kids. And uh, But it all started uh, with uh, Ice Age, hmm. my senior year, on a date. Then uh, girlfriend at the time, she wanted to go see it. So I'm like, I wasn't going to go see it, but she wanted to see it, so I went to go see it. And I was like, yeah, that was all right. And then I remember I, I wanted to watch, I rented Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. And she's like, I don't like this. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was terrible. How 
how raunchy that was. And it's a great picture. And then, and then, then as soon as she left, I'm like, I put it back on again and watched it. Cause it was fucking great. All right, ready for my last one? Oh, I thought. I, oh yeah, yeah. Go ahead. There it is. Me do math. Disney Movie Tunes presents the first big screen DuckTales motion picture ever. They're on a journey to the ancient pyramid of Kalibaba, looking for an incredible treasure that's been hidden for centuries. I finally found it! But finding the fortune is only the beginning. Of breathtaking magic, heart-stopping adventure, and all-out Disney fun. That's easy for you to say. Only in theaters, it's DuckTales the movie, Treasure of the Lost Lamp, rated G. Starts Friday. Check newspapers for showtimes. Treasure of the Lost Lamp. Uh, watch this obviously on VHS. Uh, did not go see this in the theater. It, for a budget of twenty million, it only made eighteen million back. It was kind of Yeesh. a flop. Uh, good movie starts off really epic, um, like almost like an Indiana Jones movie. Just m- very much Ducktales though. Like they come back and it's with the kids and Gene. Supposing as one of the boys, and they're granting dumb wishes like the elephant and the big fucking Sunday, and then fucking Webby has to ask for all her toys to come alive and ruin the whole gig, and then obviously Scrooge McDuck gets fucking greedy with it and asks for all of Kali Baba's treasure, and then the fucking uh, Christopher Lloyd Murloc guy uh, comes in and he tries to like steal genie back and they finally scrooge wishes for gene to become a real boy and genie's now friends with the fucking boys and a D- real boy yeah and dijon uh <laughs> stealing <laughs> stuff in the money in his pants that's the thief dijon but um yeah they were uh trying to um you know really make a uh, a, a, a 18 million dollars on a 20 million dollar budget it was uh, it went it went against uh Jetsons the movie which also underperformed and um home video it did well on though yeah i i feel like this always should have been like a home video i don't understand how it caught, it's a 20 to million dollar movie I mean, the animation's a little tighter than a traditional DuckTales. There were going to be more DuckTales movies, and they scrapped them. Well, was this like the launch of the... um... It was also 1990 and the back end of DuckTales' popularity. Yeah. It's probably two years too late. Uh, This was under movie tunes. Was this like... The beginning. This was this the first movie, if I remember, that was like the department that would go on to release all like the sequel, direct-to-video stuff. I don't know about that, but uh, Bob Hathcock, the director and producer, um, said their first idea was to see if there was a way to release it as a feature. Uh, initial treatment of the film centered around the philo- centered around the Philosopher's Stone, but the idea was later dropped due to the success of. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Several animators who worked on the film were stationed at Disney's newly found London studio and another location established in Paris. The Disney studio in Burbank designed the characters and storyboards. Um, I don't know exactly. I mean, it's a good. I like the movie. 
I love it. Yeah. It was um, it was on my short. It's, it was up there with my. You talked uh, about it before. I think I'm sure I did. Yeah. I think I, I, I forget love it. where. It's up there with Robin Hood. It's probably my top five Disney movies. I like the show better than I love Ducktales. I just replayed oh, yeah. Ducktales on NES on easy mode, but I beat it. It's such a great game. And that's it. That's my five. Nice. That's a good five. I, I was excited when I saw you put Lost Lamp on because I do, I do love it. Uh, and we are done. And we are back next week. Oh, we sure we're back now. I feel good. What a difference two weeks makes, huh? Sure, sure. Um, next week. We have another snow day, uh, even though we're like kind of in spring. Whatever. We'll talk snow days. I don't know how yeah. we're going to fill it out, Figure but whatever. Out. Then the menu show, and then I have to find out what we're going to do for the spring and summer, just like I did last year on this time when this list that we're cutting off of started on 419 of last year. Yeah, this, we're working off the spring of summer of 23 list. Yes. But until then, I will see you next week. I'm RK. And I'm Squeezer. Bye, everybody.